Sadie Tuma. Bam. How's it going? Bam. Can we do that again? Yeah, we can do it again. Bam. bam. Although I don't, usually I don't do the bam. But we're outside. So this is the first and we're outside. That's why. <laughs> we're outside. This is really cool. Thank you for selecting this venue. You're welcome. I know this is your choice. Uh, we have a nice lake behind us and we're going to have a conversation today. So Sidine, uh, you want to give us like just a quick intro on who you are for our audio listeners and go. Sure. Um, so my name is Sidine Tuma. I live in Dubai. Uh-huh. I've been here for uh, just almost 10 years and I've been in comms and PR and digital marketing and anything that you want to get your message from A to B, I've been in it. Um, for yeah, for almost 10 years, I uh, was recently working at a VC and uh, left to do some freelance consulting. So currently, I am working with all kinds of brands on getting their message across. So yeah, perfect. And um, also, it bears noting that I, as you said earlier, I'm a self-proclaimed feminist. And I'm really excited to get into some of the things we're going to talk about today. Okay, so just to kick things off. Yes. I'm very interested uh, about how you would, um, how would you would uh, define feminism, the word feminism. How Easy. would you define it? Easy. I think the problem with the word feminism is it has the fem prefix. Right. Which links it to women. So people think it means just women's rights. And the only reason you have the term women's rights or feminism is because there is an inequality in relation to men. Not because they want to be better than men. Um, so the root of everything, whenever someone asks me, I say equal opportunity. Okay. It's not about equal ability or equal, um, you know, desire or, you know, some, some people choose to follow different paths, but it's about having equal opportunity. Okay. And that can mean many different things. You know, equal opportunity um, means being able to pursue a career without fearing persecution because of your gender. You know, being able to speak up in a meeting uh, because of that. Being able to choose having children or not having children or any of those things because I think at the end of the day, this is where systemic gender biases come in and systemic gender inequality and that's really where I believe most of the issues lie. It's not about um, you know an individual not wanting someone to have an opportunity but it's the way the system has been set up has sort of precluded um, an entire gender from having the same opportunities that men have and I think if done right what gender equality achieves is everybody wins. It's not that you know Uh, women are going to achieve more or have more equality at the expense of men. Right. I think that's where some of the misconception takes place and that's where you see some scary-ass things on the internet like men's rights groups. I don't know if you've seen any of these websites. I've started hearing of those men's rights groups, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the scary part is the websites look amazing. They're very well written. They're extremely eloquent and I just like went into a full panic when I read it because it's so easy to read it and be like, yeah, yeah, all those women coming to take away our jobs, you know? Right, yeah. And I think the, the problem there is that Feminism is not being presented as a, a betterment for everyone. It's being right. presented as betterment for women. Oh, wait, is this going to be at the expense of men? And I think this is where a lot of the language that we use causes these issues. Um, Michelle Obama recently, I think maybe like six months ago or something, had said, you know, we men need to make more room at the table for women. Mm. And women hear that and they applaud her and they're like, this is amazing, this is awesome. You know what men hear? 
more room at the table? Am I going to lose my seat? Right. Yeah. And it's it's a valid it's a valid concern and it's valid backlash because we're not explaining what equality looks like or what right. it means to have equality. And it doesn't necessarily mean we get rid of some of the seats at the table. Maybe we just have to scoot everyone over and you know add more seats to the table. And right. I think that's not being talked about enough about you know what does this mean for men? This equal opportunity for women. What how how will that affect everybody else? And I think that's where there's a lot of resistance to this movement. There's a lot of I guess fear. There's a lot of uh, backlash, and it's rightfully so. I, I I get it. I get it. If you think about what it means to someone who feels like their, you know, their their job or their um, position or their authority is at risk because another group now is coming in to say, hey, hey, that's ours, that's ours. Then yeah, of course they're gonna, of course they're gonna panic and retaliate. Right. And I think that if you know, if I were to predict anything in the next two to three years, this is what it's gonna look like. This movement, this is gonna be the biggest challenge. Is you're gonna have groups that are going to start a retaliation, and there's gonna be a very um, testosterone backlash. Okay. I don't think it's going to be pretty, you know? And yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it, there has been a, um, a bit of a like negative connotation mm -hmm. to, towards it. I mean, the, the concept itself sounds very rational yeah. and it sounds very uh, reasonable. Yeah. And obviously it's something that, you know, um, everybody should strive mm -hmm. uh, to have some kind of, um, equal opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, whether it's a workplace or or what have you yeah. in, in, in our lives. Uh, but recently it has become such a polarizing topic. And I see it because, you know, like before the podcast, I was t telling you, like I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and, and I see a lot of sort of characters, uh, colorful characters from around the world, just sort of like having such strong opinions around feminism and what feminism means. And, and then there's, you got this other side of, of feminism, which is like a, almost like a radical sort of uh, militant. The bra burning feminist. Yeah. yeah. So, so where did that come from? And why do you think that bred such um, hostility and such polarizing uh, opinions uh, in people? Like it became like a conservative versus liberal thing. So. and. So I think, I think you kind of answered your question in the question, which is it's become politicized. Right. This is why. And, and once anything becomes politicized, you have people at opposite ends of the spectrum. You're going to have a bell curve or you have people who are at either extreme, who are, you know, the um, super pro-feminism, to death, to down with men, you know, um, calling for, for the end of all men. And then you have on the other side where it's either men or women. You see both saying, um, no, we're fine the way we are. Men and women are fundamentally different. And, you know, women should be in, in the home um, and men should be, you know, earning, earning a living. And that's the way it's always been. And that's the way it should continue to be. And I think the main reason it's become so charged is that people are angry mm. and now they feel like they have a voice. And the reason I think they, they people feel they have a voice now and I feel like I, I'm having a voice and you're giving me this platform today is because more and more people are talking about it. And all of a sudden it started to become a little bit less scary to share your opinion. And I think there's a lot of pent up rage. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of... Um, you know, um, this feeling of having been, you know, unrightfully, is that a word? It works. <laughs> Marginalized. It and fun. now they feel like, why have I been putting up with this for so long? No, you know, like, this is my time to, to rise up. And, you know, on that note, I, 
someone was saying, well, why are all these stories coming out now? You know, the Me Too campaign. Uh, right. It's been everywhere. I mean, you have to be living under a rock <clears throat> to have missed it. Right. It kicked off with, I guess, the Harvey Weinstein allegations. Yes. It kicked off even before that in uh, Silicon Valley with allegations against VCs who were, you know, being inappropriate with female founders, who were, um, you know, favoring male founders over female founders when it came to funding. Um, and... You know, it's it's something that all of a sudden we're seeing everywhere where maybe we can say even less than two years ago, nobody was really, this wasn't a, a topic of conversation. And I think the reason that's happening is enough people have said something that it's created momentum. Right. And, you know, and w what that does is two things. One, create massive awareness, create opportunity for conversation. I think it's rare these days for me to in a social setting or a social outing where it's not brought up at some point. Um, I think that's healthy. That's really great. Just last night I was at a, a friend's birthday. Uh, I was sitting next to an acquaintance uh, and, you know, we started talking and he said, you know, what do you make of all this? And it was really interesting to hear his point of view. And he actually had a very different point of view. He runs a business and okay. he said, you know, I find that women are better at X and men are better at why and actually you know ever since I started hiring more women I feel like there's more points of view and I think what he was trying to get at is diversity is good having more points oh, okay. of view is good cool you okay. know? and for him it, it wasn't that he set out with this hypothesis saying I'm gonna hire more women because you know I think this is gonna uh, you know result in better decision making or better collaborations he just hired a few women They did really well at their job. He hired a few more. And then as he grew the team, he told me even, we were talking about diversity in general. He said, you know, I hired this guy who had just decided to retire. And he's like, man, the dude is so smart. He knows about stuff that I don't know about. And just, you know, like he has a different experience. He gets X and I don't get X. And, you know, just that told me like, that gave me goosebumps because it was someone demonstrating through his own experience how powerful, how strong diversity is. And I just left thinking like, how do you bottle that up and sell it as, forget the feminism movement, but the diversity movement, the inclusion, yeah. the, the thinking that, you know, you don't just have to, there's a, they say there's a huge bias, especially, I come back to VC because I recently was in VC, so that's where a lot of my um, experience is from. Mm. And it's also a lot of um, where there's been, uh, you know, some, some huge allegations being made against some very high profile people. Um, so that's on the harassment side. But then on the on the inclusion side, what you see is um, a lot of um, white men in, in Silicon Valley in the U.S. investing in other white men and hiring other white men. So, of course, it creates a, a, an imbalance in your structure, whether it's, you know, from racial diversity or gender diversity. But somehow it seems that the, the gender one has stuck. You know, mm. I think there's like an emotional reaction that some people have to the gender thing. Um, I, one of the things I, I always talk uh, about with friends is uh, is the is the parenting thing. Do you have children? Also? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> maybe <Inshallah>. one day. <laughs> so maybe you'll remember my words. So uh, a few years ago, Sheryl Sandberg came out with that book, Clean In, yeah. made headlines. Right. You know, um, people were saying this is not a feminism book. This is a business book, and you know, business leaders should read this if they want if they want their their Uh, uh, you know their businesses to succeed and one of the things that she says in the book which I strongly believe in because whenever I see it I see the value in it is 
make your partner a true partner. Mm-hmm. She tells women, make your partner a true partner. In partner the sense as that in your husband. And, exactly. Yeah. Your husband at home, sh- your husband in, in love or in marriage mm-hmm. or whatever, should also be your husband and uh, your, your husband and your partner in life. As in, when she, so, so her, her findings, her, her, you know, point of view is when we have better equality at home, that translates to the workplace. You know, Mark Zuckerberg recently wrote that he took paternity leave when his second daughter was born. And that shook some waves. You know, people are like, well, why? He doesn't need to breastfeed. But I think the breastfeeding thing is the thing that people are still so, like, stuck on, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, a man can't breastfeed, so a woman has to take care of the baby. Mm -hmm. And I think, and yes, it has been the biological, um, the biological, I guess, imperative has been on women. But we're evolving. Right. We're evolving. Imagine, you know, a caveman would look at us today and say, like, what? They live in the sky? You know, what's electricity? You know, what's the wheel? And I think we we have to evolve with it. I think there's a lot of contributions... And things aren't the same anymore. You're not hunting and gathering and, you know, taking care of your cave and making sure no one comes and steals, steals your blankets. Mm-hmm. You're now contributing to an economy and the, the exchange of goods and services happening in a very different way. And soon the robots are coming for us. So it's going to be irrelevant <laughs> what gender you are. So it's going to be even more important to have a true partner. Um, and, you know, and, and the maternity thing is something I always come back to because I think, you know, you look at things and you're like, why, are, why aren't women being paid as much as men? There has to be a reason. It can't just be like, oh, she's a woman. We're, you know, we're going to get away with paying her less. Well, that's one thing. They're getting away with it because they found that men are more likely to negotiate and mm-hmm. more likely to, to negotiate and get what they want. Women are less likely to negotiate and far less likely to get what they want when they do negotiate. Right. To me says... Maybe they don't know how to negotiate. Maybe right. they're not using, um, you know, their their position in the right way to negotiate. Right. But so that's one thing, maybe, and that's where it's systemic. That right. it's it's a feeling that it's not like someone is making them feel that way. It's the it's the system that they're in is making them feel that way or setting them up for that success or for that failure, respectively. The other thing is maternity leave. You know, um, let's say you're you're a lawyer. You. Uh, you and your colleague joined at the same time, you both graduate from the same university, you're both working on the same clients, you both get married, you both have a child. What happens is the woman in this situation will likely take three to six months off. Her counterpart, her colleague, will take three days off. That's generally what men take for maternity leave, and I think that's what the labor law is here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, yeah. (laughs) Don't don't quote me on that. I'll put it in the YouTube comments later. Um, But... So what happens is woman, the woman comes back to the workplace six months later, her caseload's been given to someone else, she gets put on another project, and, you know, she's already behind. And that's so only one yeah. kid in. She that's a, one kid in. Right. She took almost like a... It's almost like she, she took a pay cut by being out of the workforce, even though she knew she was coming back, even though her her job was always going to be there. And the her, her, her colleague, her counterpart has in that six months maybe signed a new client and, and started working on a new deal. Yeah, true. That sounds you know, like it's... Uh... And and the issue, you, I'm not going to fault the man. Of course not. Why Why would you? You know, right. that's someone's career ambition. And I'm not going to say to the woman, you shouldn't have had a child. You know, it's your own fault. Right. But what were you expecting? I think what we need is, had that man also been told, hey, you get time off too, I'm pretty sure most men would want that time off also to be with their families. Right. Or even better, make it mandatory. Make mm. it mandatory that men take time off when they have 
they have babies, you know. There are companies that do joint. I think there are some countries that do like a joint maternity paternity leave and you can as a as a partnership like as as a married couple decide between you who's going to take how much time off and when. And that's when you start having that's when you can start setting the tone for that. Otherwise, nothing will change. You can't create a quota or create a program or force it down people's throats. Oh, you must pay everyone equally. It's also then not fair to people who are maybe working more or working harder or right. or sacrifice their own free time for that. And, you know, and I think we don't talk about it enough from a man's point of view. No one asks men, do you want to take time off? Right. No one asks men, would you rather be a stay-at-home dad? And I think that's the conversation we're not having. We're not mm. having those conversations. We're saying, let's empower women. Let's empower women. You know, give women more seats at more seats at the table. You know, I'm a, one of those men at the table might be like, hey, can I can I not be at the table? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually want to be at the table. You know, I'm happy for my wife to be at the table. Not exactly in that you know like exchange, but I think that we're not discussing enough. And until we have that level of equality, in my opinion, it's we're losing. It's a lot of you know time and energy and breath down the drain because nothing else is going to um this is what you get when you record outside it's it's life it. <laughs> it's all right uh, kind of like yeah and yeah and i so so i'm a true believer in feminism back to your original question as a as a a, a desire to equalize the playing field and, okay. and not through not through combat we are the same species at the end of the day it seems kind of crazy and counterintuitive that we would want to fight the opposite sex in any shape way or form i certainly don't want to i don't want to fight i think there's a much better way to coexist that is more productive for us as a society right and that's why where my innate belief in and and you know my my evangelical feminism comes from it's not that i feel like i've been marginalized or i feel like i haven't been given enough opportunities um i'm a single woman so in many cases i am very much had the same opportunities as a single man and you might say like oh actually Serene you've done better than this guy who graduated in your class and I think that's because I've sort of engineered that level playing field because right. I don't have any of the things holding me back that would you know uh, affect other women well I think it's I mean the, you've said there a lot of things that I think we can unpack and like yeah. look at yeah. um, one by one one of the things you were talking about was um, the the, the pay gap and I think that's one of the things that really triggers people you yeah. know it gets people to uh, sort of like jump into this yeah. uh, conversation uh, in a way that's very polarized yeah. um, and I think I understand that because when people start saying that um, you know uh, when you look at the, the pay gap um, women are generally always paid less than, uh, than men uh, but then you actually have to like break this down and understand why and and obviously a lot of things come into play like um, aspirations um, and I think true. something you said like yeah. um, the agreeableness of, of sort of like having some kind of conversation uh, or, or um, talking about salary negotiating salary yeah. and so on so women, women are always they kind of want to take one for the team they don't right. want to rock any boats you know it's like you know even a friend of mine that she's like I was gonna I said did you ask for your leave like are you taking time off she's like you know they seem to be really stressed out and I, I decided I decided not to ask I'll just ask next week but I don't know if that's a women trait you think do you so? know what I mean I feel that's uh, just a, that's interesting that's a yeah. that's an that's a trait of agreeable it's a people it's a you know it's a people pleaser yeah so trait. if you don't 
don't have the uh, the guts to yeah. sort of like yeah. stand up and yeah. say something or demand what you, do, and you exactly you deserve. Yeah. and I don't think you are going to get what you want yeah. and I think yes maybe more uh, or maybe we the see this more, is more towards women you're perhaps right. you're right but I think I see a lot yeah. of men as well uh, who again are agreeable and yeah. they don't step up and so yeah. but i think that's maybe um, that's that's not the rule maybe that's that's the minority you know you know what something like that becomes really interesting then when we talk about um, capability building in a workplace you know right. how do we equip employees with better um, you know being able to stand up for themselves better advocate for themselves um, you know um, push back on their managers etc I think then we remove the gender conversation from it and we right. talk about like you said if it's, if this is determined to be a personality trait even if it affects 80 percent of people affected or who, who exhibit this are women let's not talk about it as like a woman's issue because that's how I've been talking about it women tend to do this women tend to do that and Maybe it's not fair to isolate it because then maybe men who feel like, oh, you know, I'm I'm actually like that too. I'm not going to say anything. I guess that's a girl thing. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to be labeled like having girl issues. Or, you know, I th- I think there I needs re- to be more discussion around how men feel about this. Men are scared to, to discuss this. Right. Most men I know are like, I'd, I'd rather just not say anything. They're, they feel like either way they're screwed. Whatever they say, they're it's it's gonna come out badly and. They don't. They don't talk about how they actually feel, and you end up with men's rights groups. Right, and also there's a lot of like socioeconomic uh, reasons. Yes. Right. So sometimes, uh, you know, the men feel like cause that's that's my issue with mm. politicized mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. Is that it really doesn't take into account real examples, Agreed. like real Agreed. life. Mm. You know. You know, yeah, it's, it sounds good as talking points, yeah. and it sounds good in a debate, and yeah, it sounds yeah. good when you're trying to impress someone with the knowledge that you have in terms of statistics and blah blah. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> no, no, not you. But I'm just saying, in general, I think. Yeah. But when you actually like, when push comes to shove, yeah. You know, there are a lot of people out there who are struggling. You know, and sometimes they have to agree amongst themselves that you know, I'll just go out there and I'm gonna go get that promotion yeah. and whatever, so we can get that house that we yeah. want and blah blah blah. And those are real examples. I'm not trying to be. No, and you I know, think I think you bring up a very good point here, which is I think a lot of at least a lot of women I know. Uh, so a lot of people in my generation are married with children. And right. I kind of have two distinct. If I had to bucket them, groups of women who I know, the ones who are married with children and working and the ones who are not. And sometimes, like you said, it's a socioeconomic thing, like they simply need a double income. Right. Um, And sometimes it's that the man actually works really long hours, he has a really high paying job, and, and they can't agreed. live without it. Like, and yeah, they and they've to. agreed that the woman will take care of the children and take care of the household. And I think what we need to do is value that work more. And I think right. that work is not valued enough. Women are kind of embarrassed to say, you know, the word housewife has such yeah, negative agree. connotations. When you say I housewife, agree. it's almost demeaning. It's almost like she's not intelligent enough or she can't stand up for herself. I don't want to be a housewife. You know? You know? And, I know, and I know a lot of very intelligent housewives. Yeah. So, you know, if you see how they run their household or have they how they're organizing their kids school applications be like wow you know and yeah, i told full time job friends, i'm like yo i'd hire you you know i think I, uh, I had a khad al-amri on my podcast yeah. and he was telling me like the average woman yeah 
works like a hundred hours a week yeah. because she's expected to work. She's expected yeah. to uh, raise the kids. She's expected to do the sandwiches. All these guys. It's called the double shift. Yeah. It's a double shift. Sandwiches for the kids. Yes. Just anybody out there gets triggered out there. I enjoy making I love that. I like to cook. I make sandwiches for my wife all the time. The identity thing, though, is it's funny you mentioned the sandwich thing because I'm almost scared to tell people I like to cook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And some women really like to take care of their families. They take pride in that, but they're almost made to feel like they're not contributing enough. And because it's not an economic driver in the same way. Right. It's not seen as the the, the exchange of of money or the income. It's, you know, it's untaxed income. Really, it's, it's work that isn't being recognized by anybody. So maybe there needs to be a better way to to recognize that that is work and therefore both parents are working essentially it's just a different setup i, I think that the modern the modern family and the you know like we're moving away especially in the west less mm, here but yeah. a little bit more in our part of the world now i'm seeing it more well it'll more. trickle down here it, i think at some point yeah i think so yeah we're moving away from the idea of the nuclear family the mom the dad the 2.2 kids right. and what we're seeing more of is single mom who has three kids you know we're seeing the the two dads not here not here (laughs) yet Um, you know and and that's offering people new uh, points of view and I think you know they say they've seen with same-sex couples a lot of people you know believe that you know like someone has to take on the role of man and someone has to take on the role of woman but what they've discovered is in in the in the traditional sense you know someone being the breadwinner and someone being the um the stay at home take care of the family the homemaker and what they're finding is that it's actually quite complex and what they what a lot of a lot of these couples have um built for themselves is something that works uniquely for them so it might be that someone who is mostly the homemaker actually also has a home business mm. and so therefore in the evenings they're busy but the, the their partner who has a traditional job comes home and you know they really enjoy cooking so they take care of the meals and there's less of a, a stigma associated with who does what yeah. and um, I have uh, uh, some friends here, uh, traditional nuclear family but because of the way that uh, their schedules are set up the, the husband, the father is in charge of all of the grocery shopping you know, and he's in charge of the grocery shopping, not to take the list off the fridge and to go to the supermarket, but to actually open the fridge and say, okay, we're missing milk, we're missing this, um, to discuss with his wife or even with the nanny, like, what do the kids need for their lunch boxes this week? Discuss what are they gonna, what are they gonna cook? Even though he's not cooking, he becomes involved in that process, and it's it, it becomes a, an equal thing. And you know, in their family, it's that's who does the groceries, right? You know, and you know, the other day. We were a group of friends. It was one of the children's birthday parties, and they were all saying, what are you guys doing? And they're like, Tim, are you watching the game? And he said, yeah, I'll come meet you guys after I do the groceries. They're like, shoot, and tap down in the shopping, which in English, for those who don't speak Arabic, is like, what, do you do the shopping? And he's like... I don't know why that's shocking, though, because yeah, I, I, like, I, am I supposed to not do you know the groceries? Because you know I do the groceries. Yeah, Dana, you know what's going resp- on? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and you know, he responded, he's like, what, don't you do the groceries? For him, it was so foreign that that someone else wouldn't also do, like, an, another man who is his friend wouldn't also be in charge of the groceries. Well, he thought that was the system. In like, our, our household, I, well, we, we kind of, like, do it one week, yeah. I do it, and one week, Dana does it. But, um... 
but it's interesting because you're talking about gender roles now. Yeah, I guess yeah, kind yeah. of like so gender roles. Which is which is mentioned the sandwich. Which, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I mean that's interesting because look we are evolving like yeah. you said and uh, I think society is evolving yeah. and as society evolves you have uh, working women and working men who are you know sort of getting that equal foot and, and especially like when you work in the you know the corporate world you see a right. lot of that yeah. and. Um, And I think it's only natural for like those gender roles to start mixing up. Yeah. But we also have to understand that there are fundamental differences between yes. men and women, like males and females. Biological. Biological differences, okay. you know. So, um, and I feel sometimes when we get into this like this arena. Yes. Not just feminism, but this yeah. arena. Yeah. You know, whether it's... Uh, it's a scary place sometimes. Just, you have to, like, carry a shield. And a yeah, I think you do. And it's, it's a lot of, like, things where you thought was a given is no longer a given, yeah. you know? And it's, yeah. it's, it's like, oh, what, what? What do you mean? That's yeah. There's no difference. There are differences. And that's... Of course there's you know, differences. You know, and that's, uh, that's a... Uh, of course there's differences. And I always say, like, but... It, you, And I wrote an article a few months ago after the Michelle Obama comment, and I was reading her comment, and I'm like, no, don't be saying things like that. The men aren't going to like that. The women are going to love you, but men are going to be like, what? Give or up the seat, seat at the table. Thing. Yeah, give okay. up my seat. Like, what are you <laughs> no. talking about? And, you know... Well, Justin Trudeau as well, right? He uh, he had a uh, gender-balanced um, uh, cabinet, uh, cabinet yeah, and like, yeah, I think exactly. it triggered some people. Yeah, you know, to that. say like, oh, because then they see it. it, it they see it physically. They see it visually. Right. You know, there used to be men there, and now they're not and, there. And what's happened to them? And like, I think when I gone, you just pick them off. When I saw What'd the <laughs> yeah, no, and, and 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 I think when I saw that, when I saw Justin Trudeau's talk about the gender balanced yeah. um, cabinet, yeah. you know, the, uh, my first instinct was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, you know, 2015, because that's when it happened. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, that's that's yeah, awesome. That's where the direction we're going. Yeah, in, that, yeah. But then, like, I start seeing people angry, and I'm like, why are people angry about this? You know, and I start reading more into it, and then. So this is something that I do. Yeah. I never, like, although I'm inclined to one certain point of view, because yeah. uh, I'm naturally, for example, more into... Uh, Arsenal? You know, I, well, Arsenal? Well, no, 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 no I'm <laughs> not into football at all. Uh, but, um, I mean, I'm more into the, the, the concept of equality yeah. and the concept of, you know, that, that sort of... Yeah, like, you that, lean liberal. I, I lean liberal yeah. most of the time, but... Uh, But then I never just by default yeah. or de facto, yeah, you know, yeah. lean that way. I always have to understand why the other side It's has so some angry. kind of grievance yeah. around, around this yeah. particular topic. And I found that, well, it shouldn't be gender balanced because it has to be gender balanced. It should be gen It should be best person for the job, okay. you know. And that's 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 the that's the start point. It should I be agree. the best person But for the you job. Know what happens then when you say that? That the pool of people available to do those jobs have gone through a system mm. and they've gotten to a stage you know it's like when we talk about entrepreneurship Good point. and they say well you know why aren't people investing in more female founders many reasons but one of them is that not a lot of women have have been given the opportunities in their lives to say hey you know what i'm going to i'm going to found a company or i'm going to be an entrepreneur And so it becomes hard for the VC to be like, yeah, we're going to invest in more female founders. And they say, there aren't enough female founders out there. And that's what happens. And that's why tokenism is so dangerous, because then your, your tokenism, for those who don't know what it means, is when you say, um, we are hiring you because you are a woman, versus we are hiring you because you're the best person for the job, you happen to be a woman. Right. You know, and I like think, affirmative action in the U.S. Or, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think, yeah, I get both sides of that conversation. I do, and I struggle with it as well because I say, 
you know, what if it were my business and I was hiring people? What would I do? Mm. I want the best team. And if that team happens to be, you know, like a gender skewed, what does that mean? Um, I joined a job a few years ago where I was the first female employee. Okay. There were 15 men. Okay. And I'm not saying that it should have been a red flag, but at the time, I just, I asked, I said, sure, and then no women on the team? And they said, we were looking for the right one and we found you. And, you know, it was it was kind of a joke because, you know, it was as if they were looking for that one woman to join the team, but they were just the looking for a woman. <laughs> you know, today they're gender skewed towards women. There are more women working at that company. And I think that's because the kind of uh, the kind of services that the company was offering, there was a lot of women in that field, so they joined. And, you know, people who were being upskilled within, within the organization, um, you know, said, hey, I'm interested in this, and then they upskilled themselves, and then, then all of a sudden they were doing something that they wouldn't have normally done before, and it was great. But at the time, I thought, I did have that conversation with myself of, why, why is there only men? And then I thought, oh, maybe, I guess because they're doing a lot of stuff in digital and like video production and all of the stuff, maybe they just found men. And then I thought, actually, maybe the, the founder and the CEO, his network just happens to have a lot of men, right. you know? He just happens to know more men in the in the industry, in the field. And we can't fault the founder and be like, oh, you didn't hire, why didn't you hire any woman? Because a business owner shouldn't be waking up and thinking like, okay, right, I need, I need to hire some women. Yeah. A, so that people don't think like that I am, I am sexist. People don't think X or I'm being told that I should hire women. I guess I should I should find some women to hire. And I think right. the, the the problems with that you, you fall into the tokenism field. And I and I agree with you. And that's why I always say I think the issues are systemic. We have to change the way that maternity, paternity leave are perceived. We have to change the way that um, people hire women. You know, there's a uh, there's a question there's a couple of questions in the US you're not allowed to ask uh, candidates. Mm. One of them being are you married? Right. And you plan to have children. And here, people ask it with abandon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually me, on the, in the job description. Yeah, tell me, <laughs> are you going to have children this year? <laughs> you know, Are you married? And I find myself wanting to volunteer that information. So right. like, oh, by the way, I'm not married. Almost knowing that it's going to improve my chances of getting that job or getting that project because they know I'm not going to leave in a few months to have a baby and lower productivity for six months. Right. You know, and I think when those, when the ideas around those things change, are about you know like oh just because she's a married woman you should be you should be just as worried as a married a married man mm. going to have a baby because you know he's gonna take time off soon and then that kind of makes it just like shitty for all people who are married who are gonna have children right. as opposed to yeah. just women no I'm yeah. I'm joking but that that, <laughs> that sort of normalizes that and then you're not fighting that throughout the system so when you get to the CEO levels and the C-suite you know they oh you're always hearing oh not enough women in the C-suite not enough women in the C-suite because they don't they don't get there because they're held back by something and then and usually children children more than anything uh, so maybe also the uh, the choice of field is that could that be one yes. of those or the choice of um, occupation um, yeah. you know I'm, I'm trying to think if there are like if there are professions that lend themselves better to like do do women, women that, taking time off for do example. they prefer I mean I don't know this is, this is I just want to take a step back for it I say that um, <laughs> I don't want. I don't. I don't want to dispute that sexism does ex, uh, exist globally, okay. right? It's it's a thing, and it exists. And anybody who says it doesn't, I think, are either living in the bubble or living in La La Land, but because it's real. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then when I look at, for example, I, I, I hear about this a lot, you know, Silicon Valley, uh, not hiring enough women, blah, blah, yeah. blah, all that kind of stuff. But then I have this because I've been to San Francisco, and and and, and if you know anything too, about yeah. these uh, these uh, tech companies, yeah. you know that they are super liberal, right? Yeah. I mean, they are like, and when I say liberal, I mean like they have these diversity programs yeah, these and programs and they make and like sure that they have the right people in their offices and things yeah. Like that, yeah. So what more can these companies do uh, to be more inclusive? You know, and that's. Uh, because if they're, they're they're sort of like putting a mechanism in place yeah. that allows for like you know yeah daycare there bam done yeah, uh, yeah. you you know all these Paternity sort of things leave, things like that yeah I tell you I tell you where people still are taking um, issue with this it's the kind of roles so what you find uh, more and more especially if you go to the websites of let's let's focus on the venture capital firms and the reason I focus on them is that because they provide the funding for tech companies, and that sort of sets the tone of what kind of companies are being invested in. Um, so if you go to their websites, if you just look at their partnership pages, just go to the team pages, what you'll find is the ones that do have women are in HR, they're in marketing, they're in comms, they might hey, what's be, wrong with marketing? They might, they might be, exactly. There might, I'm in marketing. They might have a female lawyer. But then, like, the, the uh, partners who are making the investment partners are generally men. Mm-hmm. And you find that in tech companies, you have the tech team are highly, highly, um, you know, disproportioned with a lot more men than women coders, Great. Perfect point. Yes. But this, do you think that's because just... I don't know, because I haven't looked at the data. Yeah. But do you think that more men just gravitate towards... A more yes. techie job yes. and, and I think they're or really, but I think it's not for biological reasons I think it's for socialized reasons well yeah socially obviously socially, yes you know because you could program as yeah. good as the next guy but exactly. are you interested in that role exactly. that's, the, that's the question and is it an environment that you know a lot of women are deterred by uh, being a developer or coder because they're like it's hostile is it hostile am I or am I going to be token female am I going to have to work harder to prove myself because I'm a woman and you might say, like, that's her problem. She shouldn't be asking those questions. Let her just come in and do the job. But because of the way that the system is set up, some women might feel, who have those aspirations, might feel less inclined to go after them. And unless maybe you're really brave or you really want it, you just don't bother. You do something else. Right. You know, you do something. You say, I'm going to work at a tech company, but I'm going to work in another field. But it starts from college, right? It starts from your, yeah. like, you as a student. You're yeah. co- walking into the world and you're like what do I want to study then you got people who are like I want to get into computer science yeah, and some yeah. people want to get into marketing yeah. and PR and blah 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 personally I got into marketing because yeah. that's just where I gravitate yeah. towards but because you're a natural born communicator I guess so I guess so um, but then there's a lot of people who or I, I wonder do females I don't want to say women just females in general yeah. girls you know uh uh, women, whatever, do they sort of like just say, like, I don't want to get into engineering. I don't want to yeah. get to, like, I want to get into something more communicative. I want to get to something. I don't know. Is that something that maybe well, it starts there and then it, you so, know. So it's it's kind of chicken and egg, yeah? You're, you're treading on shaky sort of science because 
it's hard to say whether they say for example women are better communicators right. you know they communicate better but is it because their biology inherently allows them to be better at communicating is their brain wired that way are the hormones set up that way are they or, more caring are they yeah, more I don't know but, but does it come from something from the from the from the chromosome that's what we're talking about here you know like physically you're a woman so or is it because the they the social, you know, ever ever since you're you're two years old, you receive you know the gifts for girls and gifts for boys and X for girls and X for boys. I don't know if you follow me on on um, Instagram. I posted on my stories the other day the Kinder the Kinder chocolates you have for boys and for girls, and it kills me every time. You know, I just want to buy the boy. I want to rebel. I want to buy the boy ones for girls and the girl ones for boys. But you know, you're told there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. You know, yeah. play with dolls, play with cars, uh, play outside, ballet versus football. You have all of these um, differences, and I, and I see parents of my friends. You know, of course, well-meaning, but they'll shout at the son to put the dolls down, and they'll tell the girl that the lady doesn't behave that way, and the mm. lady doesn't speak that way, and the lady doesn't raise her voice. So we are sort of taught to, you know, be nice to your brother, be nice to this. Um, you know, don't worry about your brother, you know, blah, blah, blah. Go, go help your sister, take care of your sister. Already they're being told so young that there's a gender role, there's right. a gender difference. And I think, yes, that turns, um, that might make women be better communicators, that make, might make men be more uh, closed off, um, that might make women appear or be more empathetic, that might make men appear stronger and more confident because maybe they're... Uh, they're share, sharing their emotions less, and I think yes. And that, and what tends to happen then is that those sort of traits, those gender traits, align better to certain jobs. You know, you have more female teachers, you have more female nurses, you have more male engineers, you have more male, you know, race car drivers or whatever it is. You know, and I think that does come from uh, gender difference. But I'm not sure how much of that difference I would say. It's because biologically that person is female. I, I don't think it's biological you know, at all. I think it's I think I it's wonder, societal wonder, for sure. You know, some people talk about things like you know maternal maternal instincts and feeling maternal. Right. What does feeling paternal mean? Is there a feeling paternal? We talk about biology. You know, uh, women uh, seek out a mate for life, and men seek to spread their seed and all that stuff. And you know. And I'm not even going to delve into, you know, relationships and blah, 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 but... But that's interesting you but, say that. But, but that's telling us, hey, maybe there is a, a, a gender difference. And my, I would be super interested to know how much of that gender difference goes into creating those interests, personality traits, abilities, etc., etc. You know, are we forcing something away from biology? I don't know. I would love to see that study. But my, what I've read, my experience, all that tells me it's social first and foremost. And it comes back to biology, you know? You have the babies. Women have babies. <laughs> so the yeah. whole between the pregnancy and the childbirth and the, all of that, that becomes their primary role, you know? Um, I also have a joke that somehow women have been tricked into thinking that laundry is a woman's job. <laughs> things like... So here's, yeah, this is a great example. You know, people say like, uh, you yeah. know, my wife just folds better. Or even worse, the wife will say like, oh, he doesn't know how to do it. And I tell her, well, you didn't know how to do it either. You learned how to do it. Now you do it. And if you don't let him try to do it or make him feel like he's doing it wrong, he's not going to want to do it. You know, no one's going to want to do you it. Know, my, like, how did laundry become like a woman's thing to do? I, I see your point. And I see the society angle to yeah. it. But then I think there's also... Um, 
and that's something I, I believe that I think there are a lot of evolutionary reasons yeah. uh, for how we behave as Why people. Why women fold better? Well, not just fold. Like, <laughs> <laughs> forget oh, more that. things than just the folding. <laughs> well, you know, if I, it's weird because when you talk about laundry and folding, like I remember when I was growing up, my dad would not let anyone do the laundry oh. except for him. Oh, that was his baby. You That's know, like cool. so. You grew up thinking that laundry is a man's thing. <laughs> so a man's and, and evidently, I also do the groceries. So, yeah. so, so something is going I feel on like here. You're getting the bad end of the stick. <laughs> I, feel, here, I feel like I am. <laughs> I feel for you. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so just I'd like to like that's one thing I always think about, and like when yeah. I look at society today, yeah. I always think about the like there must be some kind of evolutionary reasoning yeah. for why we behave the way we behave, you know? For sure, yeah. And and obviously evolutionary reasoning is always tied to biology and and we're conditioned as people, as a society, yeah. to act in a certain way because yeah. of how we've evolved yeah, as yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you know? So so yes, there are like I think when a when a girl decides what to study or a guy decides what to study or whatever even though we, we ha we're living in the 21st century and even though we are, we're now in 2018, but there are little things inside of us that tick us in a certain way because of our ancestors yeah, and our yeah. ancestors' ancestors. Yeah. And, but you know, exactly. maybe my ancestor was a, like a laundry folding, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's why your dad did the But no, I know what you mean. And I, I honestly, like, even as someone who definitely... By the way, I don't fold the laundry. I don't want Dana to hear this and say, like, you, <laughs> you do not <laughs> fold the laundry. Why do you fool the world? And say, uh, <laughs> I, listened, I listened to a, a podcast uh, the other day and it was about it was called I can't remember what it called something the, the mental load the episode is called the mental load and it's a, an Australian podcast and they were talking about how even the tasks in the household that women take on are thinking tasks so cooking preparing um, preparing the kids meals for the next day and the kind of tasks that men take on are the non-men the non-thinking ones and the right. non-time taking out the trash etc you know bringing down the suitcases cleaning the garage and that this has created even even this, even when you feel like there is an equal load of work, there is still not an equal load of work. Anyway, they interview, so part of, so, so they talked a bit about this and they interviewed all these women about how they had um, found ways around this, around, around letting go some of the mental load. And, and the most interesting thing for me, and I see this a lot, is the, you know, he doesn't know how to do it. Just let me do it. It's easier for me to do it. Right. And this woman said she, she set a challenge to herself to not care how the laundry was folded anymore. And she said she struggled with it. She likes things to look a certain way. But she realized that she couldn't be complaining about it or she couldn't be feeling that she was having to do more if she didn't actually allow her husband to do the thing she wanted him to do. Right. So she said that was the most liberating thing for her. And he actually quite enjoyed doing the laundry, she found, because he would put on his TV shows or he would fold the laundry as he was watching his football games. Yeah. So the, actually, like, the, the huge revelation was that the, the mom really resented having to do the laundry and the man actually didn't really care he didn't, he didn't feel strongly about it. And he actually, the only reason he didn't do it was because she would berate him about how he folded the laundry. Right. And I just thought, like... I don't know how to do it. You know, like, my mind was just, like, blown in that instant of, like, we just need to communicate better. We need to make people feel less like they're stuck in a groove of this is what I do, this is what you do. But the like, cooking is a big thing, you know? The cooking is something... There are so many male chefs and female chefs, so it's that line is becoming blurred. Like, oh, Anna Jose, you know, my son, my, my husband uh, cooks or whatever. And 
I think that I hope those conversations will evolve. But see, that's the thing when I was talking about evolutionary reasons. Yeah. And so you're saying, like, for example, uh, take the uh, garbage out yeah. or whatever. And that's all, like, again, if you keep dialing it back in the, to the caveman. to the beginning of time, yeah. you know, it's obviously the caveman uh, that went out and like hunted and yeah, like yeah. brought back stuff. And yeah, like, yeah. they did the like because they were physically stronger. Right? I'm not. I'm never going to say that men are not biologically physically stronger. But then, that's, if you think about it, that's how roles like evolved. You know, like but we're not hunting and gathering. Anymore. No, I understand. But yeah. then, like, we have other means now. So hunting and gathering became. Staying at a job until like 10 yeah, at night. At a desk, so you make sure that your wife and your kid has that home. And like it's, all, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. so it's almost wow, like. We've gone down the rabbit hole. We have, I know. <laughs> I but it's, I, I always think about these things. Like, yeah. I, I think nothing is nothing is black or white. I Everything. Agree. I feel we all live in this gray area and yeah. we all try to make a point. Yeah. But then if you really look into it, like, honestly, I used to, like, let's say, uh, myself I yeah. want to I want to work really hard I want to work I want to make sure that I do everything that I do properly yeah. I want to make sure that I you know gather yeah. the resources that I can so I can make sure that you know myself and my wife yeah. are housed in a nice home yeah, and yeah. that we don't have any threats external threats yes. that are threatening the our lion. household the yeah which <laughs> is either the lion or, or, or the or the robber or the exactly or economic stress or, 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 or these kind of things, yeah. you know, and making sure that I'm protecting this unit that I'm... Why have you taken it upon yourself? Why do you feel like that's your responsibility? Because solely? I think it's evolutionary. I think, I yeah. really think it is. I think it's... Which is why I think that because it's, because we are evolving, these things are stuck, like you said. It's like stuck in your DNA somewhere. It's stuck in your, in your, in your blood, in your bones. And you can, ex- like, the, your explanation... I like that explanation because it tells me that it's not because you think that women can't do it. It's because you believe that after all of this time, this is what the, the male, the male of the human species was conditioned and built for. Right. And it's it's not. So the the thing that I guess I'm get I wanted to get at is that I think that as a team. Maybe you're able to protect each other and yeah, support so. each other and support each other. I think it's a lot of pressure. You know, we were talking earlier about why do certain um, why do certain genders go into different uh, academic uh, studies or, or whatever. And one of the things might be because there is also a lot of pressure on men to earn, so they go into investment banking or engineering, or whatever. And maybe women feel like they have a bit of a free pass, you know, like maybe I don't have to do engineering stuff. Maybe I can go into humanities. I don't have to worry about how much money I'm going to make later. Let me pursue something I'm interested in, you know. And I think that even is fair and unfair for for both genders because um, then men don't feel like, oh, maybe I want to do humanities. Maybe I want to do a philosophy degree. Right. Imagine an Arab man telling his parents he wanted to go to university to do a philosophy degree. Yeah. What would happen to the him? The Like, that's not even a thing literally, that we say. Literally. Yeah, like, that would be the last, <laughs> you want to be a philosopher? the last you ever heard of him, you know? And honestly, like, think about it. Like, men who, uh, especially in the Arab world, who want to yeah. do, like, arts and whatever, they're looked at by other men as, like, uh, lesser, guys. Lesser. Lesser, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, uh, you're just doing the yeah. arts and whatever. Like, how are you going to... Like, I feel 
there's a. How are you going to provide for a family? How are you going to provide? Yeah. How are you going to provide I'm for a family? You, I like, think a lot of. Which I, is incorrect, right? Because like there are a lot of very successful artists, or yeah. like singers and musicians and podcasters. I would say that. Are you successful? Do you have sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Far from but, it. Boost, everybody. Just yeah. uh, bought, not bought to you by Adidas. Yeah. But but I think even the the evolutionary thing yeah. I was talking about. I'm not saying that women can step up as well, because because the woman is the protector of, like, if you look back in the ancestry, whatever, yeah. Yeah, of the offspring, right? What so there's no offspring. There are so many. So exactly. So yeah. protective over other things, yeah. like maybe the husband or the or the the house or or, or the neighbor. Oh, well, I don't know, yeah. but like, but yeah. also there's that innate protective nature. Innate. That, so that's uh, the word. You know, the you nature know I mean? versus nurture. We're having a nature versus nurture yeah. discussion. This is like an age-old. <laughs> you know, this is that's why when you start talking about biology, like my, my ears perked up because for me, I am so. I, I'm so interested in that. I feel like I would contribute to a study that was was going to study that. And I think uh, up until now, there hasn't been a definitive thing. Even when we talk about oh, her maternal instinct, yeah, someone say oh her maternal instinct. I'm like Is something wrong with me. I don't I don't feel like I have that. You right? Know? Yeah, like, yeah. Am I missing a maternal instinct? Or sometimes when someone says oh he's a guy, like uh, guys are always fighting or whatever. And this guy's like I, I don't want to get into a fight. You know, it's not. Every, not everybody's built like that, but we're sort of right. led to believe that we should be like that. It's a spectrum. Yeah, you of, know, uh, and like if you can't have. I spoke to my grandmother today very briefly, and my family who's going to probably listen to this at some point is going to remember this and laugh. Podcast, and she you know. Yeah, Bustle meets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the and Tuma family. Yeah. So what up? <laughs> and uh, my grandmother was like, Teta fi hada. And I said, No. Like she asked, Is there someone in your life? And I said, No, not really. She said, Hopefully, we'll get married soon and have lots of sons. Sons. This is, and, <laughs> we don't want no and, girls. <laughs> I get so agitated when I hear this. I'm like, what? And then I realize because she wants me to be happy. That's her definition of happiness. Yeah. And that's the measure of success. And I think that's the other thing we need to change. Like, how we talk about success, what makes a successful man, woman, person, you know? Right. Is it money? Is it happiness? Is a woman, if you have three sons... Yes, you will be considered by most Arab mothers-in-law yeah. and mothers to be well done. Yeah. I, you know, there, there's a joke with one of my cousins who has three boys, and we're like, ah, oh, she's she's winning. She's a uh, she's winning. She's a billionaire. She's yeah. she's she's, she's Donald joke, Trump. We joke about it. You know, they're like, who's winning the race? As if there's a there's a point system awarded to like, okay, you got married, five points. Yeah. You had your first son, seven points. You had first daughter, six points. But it's okay. You can you can try again. Maybe I've built a company. Yeah. I've done this and I've done that. Like. But do you, you have know, sons? Yeah, my, my sister graduates uh, in a few months from Stanford with a PhD, you know, and to the to the family, they're like, but did you meet anyone there? Yeah, and yeah. she's like, she, and she calls me and she's like, a PhD, a PhD. Because your PhD from Stanford. There's nothing after the PhD. Do you have a husband? You know? <laughs> did you meet anyone, you know? And I think that's... It's, it's endearing and I think you have to at the beginning I honestly it took me a long time to get over this question and right. stop being angry about being asked this question yeah and I think I people realized, mean well and I realized that it's because people mean well and it's their definition of success and yeah. I think then I started thinking about how do we change the definition of success how do we make people realize that their definition of success is not yours and I have this on a microcosm when uh, once for example a good friend of mine will introduce me to her fiance and I'll be like this guy really you know him you chose him and for me it'll be like oh, I would not have chosen that guy like what does she see in him 
but for her, he meets her criteria of success. Right. You know, yeah. of, of, or he meets her criteria of what she needs. And, you know, it comes back to that really individual um, needs and requirements. And as a society, we do place a lot of pressure on men and on women mm. um, to be a certain way, to achieve certain things. You know, did you buy a car? Did you buy a house? Did you do this? And I'm sure for men, it's even scarier in some ways because it's a lot of things that are out of their hands. Whereas a woman could be like, okay, yeah, I'll have, I'll have a child, you know? Right. Yeah. Sure thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's You're right. a lot that, that I think if people approach this with an open heart, not even an open mind, an open heart to say like, we want to fix this. We want everybody to have equal options. We want people to um, be happy. How do we do this better? Not to say, well, no, I completely disagree or I completely disagree and I don't think this should happen and I don't want to discuss um, that. Or, you know, I think that um, I would never respect the man who does this or, you know, uh, women who do this are selfish. And I think we have to remove that kind of language from the way we talk about, at the end of the day, individuals and stop ascribing, you know, like women are like this, men are like this. You know, one of my favorite quotes, I can't remember who said it, I think it was like Amy Schumer, one of these comedians. She said, men, individuals are completely lovely, but as a group are the worst thing you've ever seen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's that idea that when you have a large group of, you know, uh, any kind of people and you label them, you stick a label on them, you know, whether it's like they're Arab or they're female or they're men or whatever it is, what you end up with is this like ugly stereotype that is generally negative. The word stereotype anyway has a negative connotation yeah. in itself. But when you speak to the person, when I speak to Basil, you realize, wow, he actually is, he's complex. He's not, I can't paint men with the same brush. I yeah. can't paint women with the same brush. I can't paint a gender or a, or a, or a demographic with, Absolutely. with a brush. Absolutely, I totally I agree. We have to just put the brushes down. Just put the brushes down. You know? Yeah, like, I hate stereotypes. I hate generalizations. You know, like, and that's why every time we get into these kind of topics, I can't accept the the, the the you know the definition at face value yeah you know we got to pr- break this down we have a yeah. real sort of conversation about you know what this means exactly. uh, what are the different points of views yeah. why you have a yeah. grievance over that yeah. sort of you know what I mean so it creates a defensiveness immediately when you you, you say generalization people get defensive they're like I'm not like that no Absolutely. women are like that and because I'm not like that I don't think the rest of women are like that there might be some women who are like that there might right. be some men who are like that you know and I think we have to stop we just have to be more careful about how we talk and I don't mean being politically correct or tiptoeing around things I'm I'm a very direct person that's mm-hmm. one of you know my favorite my favorite compliments are you're so direct you're so pragmatic you know you're so predictable I love it I say thank you thank right, you so yeah. much isn't it great when someone's predictable isn't it great when someone's <laughs> don't pragmatic you, don't you like it when you know yeah, what's coming exactly. next you know <laughs> you know and you know you're so direct I say you're welcome you're welcome isn't it nice to someone to have someone speak to you directly anyway so for me it's not about you know, politically correct terminology, you know. I think it's about, on the contrary, let people say how they feel and what they mean, but be careful about how they how they convey it in the sense that don't say all women are this. Just say, you know, I found in my experience that women tend to be more like this. What do you think? Do you find that that's the case with you? I think we have to, you know, people say it's so cliche, we have to create a dialogue, we have to create a dialogue, mm. and that's what it is. You have a lot of echo chambers 
you know, the, I keep coming back to the Michelle Obama thing because I, I love that woman and, you know, she, she's awesome. And as soon as she, those words came out of her mouth, I just like, I'm like, no, <laughs> the worst thing you could have said because the echo chamber is going to love you. you right. Know? Your support, people who support you are going to be Yeah, by, but people who are against your... No, not even people who are against you, but men who are in position, who are at the table that you're telling them, make room at the table, are going to be like, well, do I have to get up? Do I have to get up? Right. Am I giving my seat to someone? And that wasn't addressed. And I think we need to address what anything that we do or say means to both sides. And, you know, even people say, like, uh, uh, oh, I, I, I'm a feminist, you know, like, uh, I have a daughter. But that doesn't... That means that if someone doesn't have a daughter, they're not a feminist. You know, we have to be careful about how, how we... Just how we say things. And it's not about offending. It's about making sure that the reason we're saying something is not just to talk but to to have a conversation or to understand someone else's point of view absolutely and some people i i leave conversations with them and they say you know like no i really i really for me i believe that women are best suited or i'm best suited as a woman to be taking care of my children at home and i'm fine with it and it doesn't bother me right and i respect that so much it's not good for you you're but being not real for me. you're being yeah. real to yourself yeah, your yeah, yeah. your truth is that yeah. and you know that's There's and i think everybody has their own truth exactly, and everybody exactly. has their own you know it doesn't don't fall into the stereotype do what no, makes you happy do yeah exactly. so um, amy amy Fuller, i will leave with this once said these amazing words she you said, like uh, female comedians i think <laughs> i do i do i just like funny people amy Poehler. I, I like all the comedians let's hear what amy Poehler has amy to say Poehler, um, has she has a quote and she said good for you but not for me right and i think that's something that i think about i i, I say it maybe daily you know someone will do something stupid or say something i don't agree with i'll be like good for you as in, it's good for you. You've decided that that's what's good for you. Right. But it's not for me. Right. And that's okay. Right. That is okay. And I think we have to come to terms with that, you know. Good for you, but not for me, you know. I I don't like going to the gym every day. I don't really enjoy CrossFit. Like, good for you, but not for me. And <laughs> yeah. how do we apply something that doesn't have that emotional attachment to it? Absolutely. To things that does have an emotional attachment or identity questions, you know. Like, good for you, but not for me. Oh, you are, uh, you are a nationalist and you... You know, you believe that you want to fight for your country um, and you believe in the military. I don't. Good for you, but not for me. Right, yeah. And I think we have to start thinking in those terms more and more that not everything is uh, should be ascribed to... Oh, no. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> Live podcast. Live podcast. Um, and, yeah, and I think that's, for me, what has sort of shifted from when I started to get angry about the, the, the feminism platform get angry around you know oh lack of equal opportunity and i've moved to a place where it's how do we how do we solve this problem but how do we create better systems to over time create a better a better equal platform which will result in more people happy across the board men women absolutely everything and then how do i let go of something that is really none of my business or doesn't affect me, you know? Good for you. She wants to stay home with her children. Good for her. Good for her. What's not good for her is she's, she's being made to stay home with the kids and she actually doesn't want to stay home. If it's not her choice, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not your choice or not, you know, not something that's, that's agreeable. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And same with men. I would like to see more men voicing what they believe will create, will, will lead to that 
better equality, you know? Yeah. I, I wish I could, you know, maybe I should do an anonymous survey where I ask men if you had the choice, if financial, um, if financial factors weren't uh, uh, at play, would you prefer to be a stay-at-home father? I, I see a lot of super involved fathers, really like super involved, who are sad that they don't get to spend the day with their children. Right. You know, and I see mothers who are at home with their kids and they don't pay attention to them. And they there don't, needs to be a better system though, yeah. yeah. And I mean, they kind of resent their children because they want, they, they have to leave their job mm. or they want to work. And I think we have to, and the reason that exists sometimes is that dynamic exists is because men are told you have to go to work and women are told you, you your role is with with the kids what if we let go of the judgment of what it means for a woman to a woman to work and let go of the judgment of what it means for a man to be home with his children take care of the household right uh, you know and that's what I was saying before about we have to create more awareness around the work that goes into maintaining a household yes it's unpaid work but it's work I mean, as long as it's your choice, yes. I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, if you uh, if you guys decide as a family that that's the best way forward for yeah. you guys, then hats off to exactly. you. But I just don't believe in imposing things on people. Correct. You know, Correct. and saying like, no, we got to switch the roles. No, yeah. we have to do it. Exactly. It's just, no, no okay. it's up to you. Yeah. You, If you feel this yeah. works for you, good for you. But not for me. Bad for me. <laughs> that sort of good like you, mentality that me. we should like, go with. Yeah, that's cool. That works for you guys. Awesome. And right. also, like, I always respect like um, and I would say you know I might not agree with your conclusion mm. and not you in particular but yeah. um, but it goes it goes back to the quote you were talking yeah. about um, and I tell people this you know sometimes I might not agree with them yeah. but I respect the process it took for them to reach that conclusion yeah, exactly. so that you actually thought out yeah. your position and and you reach that conclusion and yeah. although we might not agree but I respect that yeah. you got yeah, yeah. to that and that's no reflection to what we're talking about but I'm just saying that in general yeah, in terms of that's, debates uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I told myself a long time ago that if I feel that someone is not open to a discussion just kill it yeah like, I, absolutely. I don't engage do not and this engage. is what this podcast is about just yeah. having these kind yeah. of conversations yeah and it's so, awesome that you've created this platform yeah I, I hope it picks up more and more and we will, you know <laughs> I will do some guerrilla marketing for you thank you so much yes. well I just want to say thank you so much I've definitely think we went way over an hour oh, no. which is cool because the best podcasts actually go way over an hour so that's, that's fantastic I listened to a three hour one the other day it was about Star Wars so oh okay, okay. I was just curious it's, it's, it's awesome and I, and I can't wait to put this up and run to it because that's what I do when I finish my podcast I put it up and I run oh, to the podcast I re-listen to them I like oh. to know how that conversation went how the flow went and, uh, and I think there might be some points of views that I might have missed throughout the conversation so I like okay, to cool. listen to them again yeah, yeah. Uh, but thank you so much I really Thank appreciate you for having it. Me. it was I awesome was so excited when you reached out to me for this it was it was a really good mental it was a mental exercise exercise like that's I a went good for yeah a run. yeah that's yeah. really good so thank <laughs> yeah. you so much Sydney. I really appreciate it thank you again bam, bam yes <laughs>